Broadcasting live from the Abraham Lincoln Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. Armstrong and Getty. And now, here's Armstrong and Getty. From Studio C. Senor. <laughs> Dimly lit room deep within the bowels of the Armstrong and Getty communications compound. How do we get to it? Little Friday already. And today we're under the tutelage of our general manager. Oh, the debt ceiling. Oh, the government shutdown. Oh, Nancy Pelosi. Oh, man. A pox on all their houses. Smod, where are you when we need you? Sweet meteor of death. Now is yeah. your time. So, it just happened a little bit ago, the Senate did pass along uh, paperwork that will fund the government. So, if you got any podcasts where they're still talking about that, what if we default for the first time in our nation's history? You can delete those because that's taken care of for a while. And delete all future podcasts from those people, uh, yeah. for they are jerking your chain. Yeah. Everybody and always were. You heard it here. Ba-ba-da-ba-da. You know, I had my rare coherent thought this morning while preparing for the show. I almost did this as the general manager, but Jack often flies into a rage when I offer up a conceptual general manager as opposed to, you know, a human or an event. Flies into a rage! (laughs) That might be a slight overstatement. Here's your conceptual general manager. Does it work? The question, does it work? There are many ideas that sound decent or are well-intentioned. Do they work? For instance, and I will bring you this story with great delight, a Harvard researcher, and I hesitate to even use Harvard because people throw it around like it, oh, they're godlike, please. Garbage Ivy League schools. Anyway, a Harvard researcher has done a deep, deep dive and figured out, brace yourselves now, You might want to sit down. Trigger warnings not only aren't useful, they're counterproductive and stupid. (laughs) I can't wait to hear more about that. I haven't seen this story. Yeah, I know. Those of you of a certain mindset, which is probably at least somewhat like our own, you're thinking, yeah, we've been shouting that at the top of our lungs. But yeah, it's, it's undeniably true at this point. I can't wait to see that story. We need to start the show officially to explain, uh, set the table. As they, say, as they say in the table-setting business. Um, I'm Jack Armstrong. He's Joe Getty. It is Thursday, September 30th, the year 2021, where Armstrong and Getty, and we approve of this program. Well, then, let's start the show officially according to FCC rules and regulations. Here we go at Mark. I said we'll have the vote tomorrow. I have no patience for people not voting for the. So, uh, Nancy Pelosi said at one point yesterday, uh, late in the day, uh, I plan to bring it to the floor. She uh, lawyerly also did not say I will. She said I plan to because she might not. So where are we? The giant three point five trillion dollar turn us into France thing isn't even being discussed as being brought forward, which is why there are enough Democrats that might sabotage the one point five trillion dollar actual infrastructure bill today. And the question does Nancy bring it to the floor? Not sure it's going to pass. Take the chance. Does she yank it for a later day where most strategists seem to think that makes it harder to pass Mm. uh, as people will get more dug in? 
And what sort of yummy sweet carrots and stinging sticks will be swung today? As Nancy is fond of getting her way and good at it. So and don't mean, mess with me. And mean as a snake. I don't know. Without saying. There were a lot of the progressive wing yesterday making noises that, look, we ain't voting for it. Unless we get that other one, we ain't voting for this one, all right? Can we be any more clear about this? Well, AOC's going to find her new office is a broom closet. Ilhan Omar, uh, it'll be actually out of doors, <laughs> out in the sun. There are supposedly 10 Republicans that are willing to go along with the vote, but Kevin McCarthy is not going to let them vote for it unless the Dems have 218, which would pass it. If they have 218 of their own to pass it, then the 10 Republicans can vote for it. And that's the somewhat more reasonable real infrastructure package, not the Francification Which isn't really that reasonable. I know it. The only reason Republicans went along with it was they were hoping to put the Democrats in this position where they wouldn't be able to get the $3.5 trillion one. So we'll see how it turns out. Um, I'm rooting for it to get yanked or to be put up to a vote and fail. And then I think neither one of them are going to pass. And then that would I'd just be jolly for me. <laughs> is it is it even conceivable or am I a silly, naive child to think, okay, this doesn't pass and they get together a really lean, productive, actual infrastructure bill of a certain size that Republicans can heartily jump on the right. bandwagon. Well, that'd be that'd be awesome. That'd be the way Congress used to work, but I don't think that's going to happen. I think yeah. if it, if she has to yank it or it goes down uh, and they try it again, I think the, the the progressive wing gets even more dug in and says, "All right, now we've got time to put together the 3.5 trillion the way you want it, figure out exactly what we want, bring down the number a little if you have to, but Let's yes. do them both together, like we said before, like you said before. So I think their chances uh, are are slim. So anyway, I'm happy about that. It's actually got me excited. Gridlock. You know, the uh, even the decent infrastructure bill is stuffed full of pork, which I bring up only so I can mention bacon prices. Holy cow. Through the roof. Yeah, any meat. Uh, I said yesterday, we might have to start stop eating meat at my house. My son loves steak. We have steak several days a week. Good God, steak's expensive. Oh, yeah, I know it. It's as, it's as expensive like as it used to be to go out to a nice restaurant to eat a steak, to just buy one and bring it home. Yeah, man, we had a family gathering, and I went ahead mindlessly. Just I went to the butcher shop. My beloved family's in town. So we're going to have some steaks. I just say, I'd like uh, that many of those, that many of those. Okay, thank you. I go to the checkout. I about dropped dead of a heart attack. Yeah. I couldn't believe it. It was like, it was like I'd, I, I'd bought, I don't know, a, a new guitar or something. Well, it's like you're at a really nice, expensive restaurant, and you think, right. so. and I have to. I had to come here and get it, and I got to take it home and cook it? Because usually for this price, I'm sitting down at a table, and you're bringing it to me. <laughs> I want I a guy value. in a white shirt and a black vest to bring it to me. I didn't, you know, I didn't even notice the bacon. I'm not good at paying attention when I'm shopping. Uh, you notice stuff like steak because each one's different priced, so you got to pay attention, get what you want. But uh, the bacon's high too, huh? Darn it! Yeah, it's up like seventy five percent. I am amazed at my grocery bill every time I pay it. What? I hardly bought anything. How am I spend ninety dollars? You know that sort of thing. Well, don't worry. This, uh, inflation is transitory. <laughs> that is not what, uh, what's his name, said the other day. Who's the Fed, who's is the Fed chairman? Powell. Jerome Powell. Yeah. He said the other day that the uh, the inflation looks like it might be here to stay longer than we had thought. It might not just be uh, part of the whole pandemic thing. He said that two days ago. Well, better quickly pump another $3.5 trillion worth of government checks into the economy. Yeah, inflation's scary. That's the sort of thing... Uh, when my kids ask me, what scares you, Dad? Inflation. 
Taxes. <laughs> Taxes scare me. <laughs> um, so that's exciting. And the uh, jobless numbers that come out every Thursday that everybody was paying attention to during the heart of the pandemic, uh, around, what, 300, 350,000 or something like that. But it's up three weeks in a row, um, which is not good. So, no, indeed. Those are your economic numbers you're going to hear today. Troubled times. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. I don't think you're taking it seriously. Well, no, it's just, it's all so damn tedious at this yeah, point. I know. I mean, the congressional wrangling, the the COVID, the, just all of it. Tedious, man. I heard about, and I'm not worried about this, but I heard about some outbreak somewhere of something. So they're keeping their eye on some virus that broke out somewhere. In Different the uh, virus? Yeah. Uh. But it's probably minor nothing. But I was just thinking, if another one happened, and, and there's no reason why another one couldn't happen. Um, if another virus took off that was of you know serious damage, even half what COVID was, I think everybody would just lose their minds. I can't even imagine what sort of emergency powers would be summoned by the authorities. If if you had to close down businesses and schools and just everything again, I I I don't think we're I don't think we could handle it as a beast. I think we'd all just go crazy or just say screw it, screw it, whatever. I ain't wearing a mask. I ain't get a vaccination. I ain't doing nothing. Just whatever. God take me if that's your plan. Yeah, well, you know, if you want to get, like, super scientific and kind of, uh, I don't want to say inhumane, but recognize that pandemics and diseases are part of the animal kingdom and always have been, probably always will be, from hoof and mouth to, uh, you know, the, 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 the brain fever the cows got there for hoof, a while. Is hoof and mouth, mouth the same as a surf and turf? I ordered hoof and mouth at a restaurant and they just looked at me. <laughs> I know. I thought it was That's, the same no. as surf and turf. No, it's very different, actually. Mm. And Or, uh, you know, you got your distemper for dog. Disease is part of the animal kingdom. At some point, it could be the healthiest thing for the species to do is just live on. Just do your thing. Some get it, some don't. It comes, it goes, like every disease. Kind of a eugenics fan Joe Getty here. No, we're weeding out the again, old week. Again, you're, you're ordering the hoof and mouth. You're calling me a eugenicist. A, a little more precise language would be uh, appreciated. <laughs> uh, by the way, the uh, Washington Post gave Biden two Pinocchios and with a possibility to grow from there on the whole We've got this all paid for. It's not going to cost anything. So we'll have to delve into the reasoning on that. Two Pinocchios and a Pinocchio to be named later. Yes, exactly. Wow. Um, uh, how's mailbag look? It's actually quite good. Really nice. Well, awesome. Let's get to yeah. it then. Uh, that's coming up next. Our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. Major career news for kind of a friend of the Armstrong and Getty show. We'll have to pass along to you a little bit later. Okay. Um, We're going to, uh, Joe's got this thing about trigger warnings that I can't wait to hear. Just sounds like it's so up my alley. Oh, yeah. Not on, Not only are they not necessary, they're counterproductive. Duh. And why Joe Biden, even if historians told him he can be FDR, can't be FDR. I was looking up the numbers last night to make my point. Stay tuned for that. All right. Wow. Intriguing. Here's your freedom-loving quote of the day. It is definitely from the freedom-loving Hall of Fame uh, quotes 
quotes, Hall of Fame, freedom quotes, Hall of Fame. <laughs> um, anyway, uh, it's uh, the classic from C.S. Lewis. Uh, the only thing I want to tell you in advance is if you're not fond of antiquated verbiage, the word cupidity means greed. Of all tyrannies, a tyranny sincerely exercised for the good of its victims may be the most oppressive. It would be better to live under robber barons than under omnipotent moral busybodies. The robber baron's cruelty may sometimes sleep. His cupidity may at some point be satiated. But those who torment us for our own good will torment us without end, for they do so with the approval of their own conscience. They may be more likely to go to heaven, yet at the same time likelier to make a hell on earth. This very kindness stings with intolerable insult to be cured against one's will and cured of states which we may not regard as diseases is to be put on a level of those who have not yet reached the age of reason or those who never will to be classed with infants, imbeciles and domestic animals. Wow. And domestic animals. Yeah. Hell yeah. That's a shot. Yeah. Yeah. And, you know, it's true. The people trying to help me. By making things safer or more equitable. Those are the people that are pissing me off the most. Right. No doubt. Well, and this brings us to a note from John of Montana. Uh, Guys, I want to thank you for your continuous discussion on vaccines. I appreciate that you are open uh, about your vaccination status, but question the legality of coercing citizens to make healthcare decisions against their better judgment. I would uh, say that's a very good description. Uh, I'm not vaccinated. Don't plan to do so in the short term. Uh, why can't people just mind their business and make personal decisions that they find appropriate? Well, they would probably say, well, we need to get everybody vaccinated to, you know, protect everyone else. Although, if you're vaccinated, there's a one in a zillion chance you'll get seriously ill. I'm a U.S. Air Force veteran, Air Force telecommunications contractor. I just seek a quiet and simple life, etc. Unfortunately, come December 9th, I will be terminated. In compliance with the Biden administration's executive orders on vaccine mandates, I will lose my home and my livelihood in due time. I will not comply based on coercive threats. Uh, God bless our liberty. God bless our freedom. I don't see it anymore. Wow, uh, that's uh, standing firm for a belief there. Yeah, you know, the only thing I'd say to you, John, and it's totally up to you, of course, is that, uh, and, and Jack and I, I remember we had a discussion about this, Jack, years ago, decades ago, about how being a a conformist to a certain fashion is one sort of being manipulated by that fashion. And utterly rejecting it because it's fashionable is, in a weird way, being manipulated by the fashion, too. Oh, sure. It's, it's not independent thinking, really. It's, I don't know, it's, it's, it's somewhat reflexive um, as opposed to rational. You know, John, unless you have a specific concern about the vaccine, to reject it just because they're telling you to do it and losing your job... <sighs> It's a tough one. Is that cutting off your nose to spite your face? Is that uh, an unnecessary sacrifice when you can fight against the state power in other ways that don't entail such a huge sacrifice on your part? It's a tough one. Any thoughts, Jack? Well, I I would get the vaccine. I didn't get the vaccine, so maybe it's easier for me to say that. Uh, But, like, when the rubber meets the road on, if they make it mandatory for my kids to be in school, I'm going to really hate that, but I'm not going to pull my kid out of school probably. Yeah, I had a conversation with an old friend, played golf with him yesterday. I hadn't seen him in quite a while. It was great. But um, he's a doctor, uh, recently retired. He's an incredibly smart guy and an, an independent thinker. And uh, we were talking about the adverse events with the vaccine and the risks and the cardio, uh, what's it? It's cardio, whatever, swelling. And um, 
And he said the the incidence is incredibly rare, and when it happens, it's almost never uh, severe at all. He said it's negligible. It's insignificant, statistically. And so I'm just not worried about it. You know, if you have different information that you believe, that's fine. Do your own thing. But we wish you well, John. Thanks for an interesting uh, note. Moving along to much lighter fare, Tom and SoCal writes, uh, on the topic of monkey dactyls. Yes. Yes. Jack bringing us this exciting news yesterday. Yes. Combination monkey pterodactyl. Looks like a pterodactyl with a monkey face. World's oldest opposable thumbs. Yeah. Are we sure that the scientists have discovered a new species of flying dinosaur with monkey faces and opposable thumbs? Or did they just find the landfill used by the cast and crew of The Wizard of Oz? No. It's it's the flying monkey costumes. Oh, boy. Yeah, yeah. Monkey dactyls is one of the best names for a dinosaur. Yeah. Also, another word and possibly a themed award for you guys to give out to describe someone who does something crazy and irrational due to COVID, to the virus, COVIDiot, the COVIDiot award. Oh, that's pretty good. I would probably give it to every parent who has their kid masked outdoors at a park. Trigger warning. We're going to discuss how stupid trigger warnings are. So if you're triggered by... uh people making fun of trigger warnings you might want to stay away from this next segment well i'm triggered by discussions of roy rogers and his horse trigger i mean i'm easily triggered arby's has new sweats that smell like smoked meat that among other stories <laughs> stop it on the way armstrong and getty the armstrong and getty show After passing Jeff Bezos this week to once again become the world's richest person, Tesla CEO Elon Musk said he was going to send Bezos a silver medal and a statue of the number two. But then it turned out the only way to do that was with Amazon. Hey, no. Uh, I get it. Uh, yeah, so Tesla is worth the next whatever it is. It, it changes week to week, like the next nine car companies added together, uh, which includes GM and Ford and Honda and Toyota. Um and so some people think it's way overvalued. Then uh, then we got an e- a text the other day from somebody who said, look, Tesla's involved in all of these different things with uh, with electric uh, vehicles and the battery operations and all kinds of different things that go in between that I don't understand. But they're the pioneers in all this different stuff. Right. And all that stuff is the, the market leaders by far. As we mentioned yesterday, Tesla has 80% of the electric car market, 80%. So... Right, and I know they're one of the world leaders in power storage systems, yeah. battery, giant batteries, in essence. So, yeah. Um, brr, so a lot of good stuff to come uh, from the you-had-to-have-a-study-to-figure-this-out department. Big British study saying, yeah, trans athletes, d- former dudes, have a huge advantage over women. In some sports. I'm glad they did a study on that. That's yeah, shocking stuff. I, yeah, I know. I know. It just, the, the, the ability of some people to ignore what is plainly real is just, it's a little scary to me. But this is from that same department, and it's from a longish piece in the New Yorker that I'm going to try to highlight and maybe bring up later, um, just to, to fill in some of the cracks, but I'll hit you with the, the broad outlines of it. New Yorker published a piece by Harvard professor Jeannie Gerson, Concluding trigger warnings are not as beneficial for students as its proponents insist, and in fact, may be causing harm to students who may actually suffer from PTSD or anything like it. Does this define our terms? 
Or do we need to define our terms? Oh, what do you mean? What do like, we mean by yeah. trigger warning? Do we mean when they uh, when they were putting trigger warnings like on various pieces of literature before they would read them in school and stuff like that? Yeah, exactly. Uh, what it means is um, a, a couple of things. Number one, you would, in teaching a piece of literature, say, now we need to warn you that this literature includes scenes of violence against animals. This Shakespeare play had sexism in it? That's right. There is an assault. There is sexual content. Just anything that might conceivably trigger the poor little snowflakes who've dealt with anything difficult in their lives. That's the theory, okay? Uh, It also has meant the banning of common phrases in classic books now considered to be problematic. We discussed this not long ago. Brandeis University's uh, banning phrases such as killing it, take a stab at it, etc. That's their Prevention Advocacy and Resource Center. God, it's so crazy. Did that. But anyway, uh, back to the Harvard professor. Uh, she questioned just how beneficial, beneficial trigger warnings are, cited research to suggest the opposite. And I quote, because trigger warnings involve assumptions about emotional reactions, particularly with respect to PTSD, psychology researchers have begun to study whether tr- trigger warnings are in fact beneficial. The results of around a dozen psychological studies published between 2018 and 2021 are remarkably consistent, and they differ from conventional wisdom. They find that trigger warnings do not seem to lessen negative reactions to disturbing material in students, trauma survivors, or those diagnosed with PTSD. For instance, she noted a study conducted at Harvard which found that among a people who said they believe that words can cause harms, those who received trigger warnings reported greater anxiety in response to disturbing literary passages than those who did not. That makes sense to me. Well, yeah. You're, you're Number one, you're young and impressionable generally in college, and you're told... Something, uh, we're going to read something that is terrible. It's awful. It's going to reduce you to a quivering (laughs) pile of mush. It will trigger your PTSD. It may indeed kill you. I mean, as opposed to just saying, you know, all right, read this scene where the guy goes hunting. Right. And the vast majority of people wouldn't even notice the the, uh, male chauvinism or the animal abuse or whatever it is they're worried about in the Shakespeare play if it wasn't pointed out to them. Yeah, they just think, wow, that character's a jerk. As opposed to, you're about to read about a character who is so cruel he will probably cause you a severe emotional breakdown. So anyway, uh, they reported greater anxiety among those who received trigger warnings than those who did not. The researchers also discovered trigger warnings often reinforced a belief among trauma survivors that their trauma was central uh, to their identity. See, uh, yeah, I've wondered about this the whole time, but man, you just, you don't want to say that out loud around very many people, or uh, it comes off as very uncaring, but isn't all this labeling you as having this just making sure it continues and dominates you for the rest of your life? That has been suggested by very reasonable and learned thinkers. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, deal with it and get over it. And I mean, actually deal with it productively in a smart way. And then you have to move on. And and the idea that you must continually remind people of their trauma. And, and uh, the only reason the professor is addressing me in class 
is because I've alerted them in advance. I'm triggered by discussions of the designated hitter. So, because I really hate it. So, so the only reason the professor is addressing me is now I need to warn Joe that there's a discussion of the designated hitter here. It's just, it's centralizing the trauma in a way that I think is unhealthy. Uh, two more studies found individuals who received trigger warnings experienced more distress than those who did not. Yet another study suggested that trigger warnings may prolong the distress of negative memories. And the scientific consensus appeared to consistently show that avoiding triggers worsens PTSD. Says Dr. Gerson in her piece, the perverse consequence of trigger warnings may be to harm the people they're intended to protect. Wow. So if your thing is, boy, and I hate to mention any particulars because I know various people with all of these things. Um, and they're serious and we're not making sure. light of it. But if you, so if you've got um, a, I don't know, a, a violence issue, sexual issue, whatever it is from something that happened in your past, it was for, for, for real legit awful. Um, and, you know, thank God I haven't had to deal with those things. But so they're saying that avoiding any books or television or discussion of that issue for the rest of your life does you more harm than good. Yeah, absolutely. Or people making a big deal of it every time it comes up, as Mm. opposed to assuming that you can process it. It's a message, you know, and again, when you're talking about impressionable people, especially if you tell your children that something's going to be terrible, it unquestionably heightens their anxiety. Of course. Uh, and, and and I know, I know y'all are, are thinking, God, this stuff is so obvious. How did the woke get so crazy? I don't know. Um, still, the trend uh, continues and is going on overseas. For instance, Cambridge University recently slapped trigger warnings on a lecture on Shakespeare, advising students that two of the playwright's works, Titus Andronicus and the Comedy of Errors, would include discussions of sexual violence and sexual assault. Oh University of Oxford law lectures were also instru- lecturers were also instructed to warn students before talking about cases involving violence and death and to allow students to leave the classroom if needed. Oh, my God. Yeah. You're not going to be able to survive in the world if you can't handle reading a Shakespeare play. You're just not going to make it. Yeah. Well, and as we were discussing at the very beginning of the show, I brought up the question, does it work? And it's clear, it's been clear to a lot of us from the beginning that the whole trigger warning thing was, was crazy. It was further traumatizing people who've been traumatized. Does it work? Well, they finally have done a bunch of studies and the answer is unquestionably no. Will the woke academic crowd abandon their beloved little self-righteous project when it's pointed out to them? It doesn't work. It'll be interesting to see that going forward. Coming up, we want to mention a kind of friend of the Armstrong and Getty show who got a major job promotion, but uh, wanted to pay this off. Arby's, the fast food restaurant with the delicious, delicious food. Some of my favorite. They have the meats, right? Uh, they just that... unveiled their new smoked sweats. So that's uh, the sweats, like workout sweats you wear, the hoodie and the pants, infused with real smokehouse aroma. They're called smoked sweats. scent. <laughs> if I want to smell like meat. Uh, the hoodies are size small to XXL. Yeah, I hope you bought more of the latter and fewer of the former, because yeah, I, yeah. mm-hmm. I don't think that many people who wear small are going to want to buy uh, meat-flavored sweats. <laughs> <Mm-mm>. <laughs> Sounds yeah. like more for the XXL crowd. 
<laughs> I realize this is a stunt, but it's kind of funny. Yeah. I, I might have to get my brother that. Absolutely. I got I to gotta get that for my brother. I hope he's not listening for Christmas. That's what he's going to yeah, get. Get it, get it now and then ship it now so it'll get to him uh, by Christmas. I was reading about the, the new post office stuff that everybody's talking about. It's going to be slower and more expensive. And I don't get it at all. I don't understand what they're doing, why they're doing it. It just it, it seems nuts to me. Hmm. Um, and we're keeping our eye on the legislation. At any point today, Nancy Pelosi could yank that $1.5 trillion infrastructure thing or put it on the floor at any point if she thinks she's got people in the right mood at the right time, because that is the way it works. So don't mess with me. You've been there before, haven't you, where you decided to buy a car, buy a house, agree to something. A day later, you might not have. You just you get convinced at that moment. Right, right. And so that's what she's trying to do. She's trying to get everybody convinced at the right moment, then pull the trigger. Is there any chance she's going to bring it to the floor for a vote? The super lefties are going to vote against it, and she will try to hang that around their necks and primary them. There is a possibility of doing that, yes. Huh. That is uh, what the behind-the-scenes... Uh, Nancy Pelosi is famous for not... And she said this the other day on ABC This Week. I will not bring a, a, anything to the floor that doesn't have the votes. That's she's never brought a major piece of legislation to the floor that failed, mm. which is not really the way it's supposed to work. You're supposed to bring it to the floor and everybody's supposed to add in amendments and then you wrangle over it. But that's not the way we do it anymore. But she might bring this one to the floor if she can't get enough to votes just to try to punish people and try to get away from that crowd that is, you know, stalling her. The more she's a witch, the more infighting <laughs> on the Democrat side, the, the, the better for me. Yeah, I love exactly. It. I have no problem with it. Um, all that stuff we just mentioned and more on the way. Armstrong and Getty Show. So, Dog the Bounty Hunter has found a can of Monster Energy drink Ultra Gold. And he says, he's been here. Dog the Bounty Hunter is looking for the scumbag that killed Gabby Petito. Yeah, is he? <laughs> and uh, says he found a can of Monster Energy Drink Ultra Gold, which was uh, Brian Laundry's drink. So uh, he believes he just stumbled upon a fresh campsite at a Florida park. Oh he's my. on. The, he's on his heels. I'm my my. This can't possibly be a desperate search for publicity. It's like a Pinkerton man after Butch and Sundance. It's, it's very like. much like that. Sure, it is. Um, uh, got some Olympics updates. Got a st- <laughs> a major story for Major League Baseball that's hilarious. You don't have to be a sports fan to enjoy it. Okay. If you're a hothead, you'll enjoy it. Um, I don't know if you know the name. In fact, you almost certainly don't know the name uh, of James Austin Johnson. He's a guy we hired a couple of months back because he does the best Trump impersonation we've ever heard. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. To do the Trump stuff, to do a kind of a funny send-off to Sean, who famously wasn't a big Trump fan, and then having Donald Trump say this stuff to Sean we thought was pretty funny. Well, positive, Sean, finally quit the stupid Armstrong and Getty show. Armstrong and Getty are the doing a big libertarian, and they didn't want to have positive, Sean. You know, positive, Sean, was somebody who was, you know, he was a pretty good producer, maybe. 
Maybe not a great producer, but he was a very bright guy, okay? Just a fabulous, you know what? He did a fabulous job, but maybe he wasn't the brightest guy in the world. You know what? They say he's one of the smartest people that we've ever seen. We've never seen anybody so smart, quite like Positive Jean, but here he is, and he's, you know, he said, I'm not, I'm not going to do it anymore. I don't want to do the Getty, and I don't want to do in terms of Armstrong or any of that <laughs> with regards to all of it. He said that he had enough, you know. And maybe he talks a little too much. It's a little too much talky talk with Positive Sean. It ruins the show, but Positive Sean, God bless you, and I hope you have a wonderful time wherever the hell you're going. They say that I know Positive Sean. I don't know him. I've never met him before. But we think he's a wonderful person. We're looking into it very strongly. He's such a beautiful guy, and he's one of our closest friends. And we're looking into it, so we wish him well. I wish him well. Honestly, I wish him well. That is full-on genius. That wow. is far and away the best Trump impression of anybody in the ever. That was quite something. And so James Austin Johnson has been added to the cast of Saturday Night Live. Oh my gosh. So the it, so Saturday Night Live announced the other day a couple people leaving. Lauren Holt and Beck Bennett. I don't know if you know who those are. Beck Bennett was the guy who did Putin and Pence and a whole bunch of my favorite stuff on Weekend Update. SNL is all so they they debuted this Saturday night. The, the the season comes back of Saturday Night Live. I'm a Saturday Night Live fanboy. I've watched every almost every show of every season since it first debuted. I just have always been a fan. Um, uh, and people's coming and goings is always mysterious. They never talk about. It. They never explain why. If the person quit or if they got fired, it's just always kept quiet. So, uh, but Lauren Michaels always finds new people that are really good. I remember. Um, Tina Fey talking when she first started, one of the legends left right after she got there. And I don't remember if it was like Dana Carvey or uh, Phil Hartman, but one of the legends left. And she thought, oh, my God, what are we going to do now? Who the freak is Will Ferrell? You know, and so right. it's always something like that. Um, so they're bringing in some new people. But one of the new people that they're bringing in is this James Austin Johnson, who if you ever watched the video when we posted it, I was he, just going to bring that up <laughs> when he recorded that he's sitting in his beater car in a tank top. And looking like, you know, things might not be going the best in his life. Looking like he might not have 20 bucks in the bank. I mean, is he's like in a 25-year-old Corolla with the, 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 the fabric in the ceiling is torn and looking rough. So getting pegged to be on Saturday Night Live, I assume to do the Trump thing because Alec Baldwin said he's done. And I never liked Alec Baldwin's Trump anyway. Well, Alex terrible. Baldwin. It was terrible. So good for him. Because he was, you know, nice to us to cut that thing. I mean, we paid him for it, but it was still, he put a heck of a good effort into it. Oh, we do have the video at armstrongandgetty.com. Okay. All right. Uh, a couple of sports notes that aren't really sports. One's politics and kind of, and one is uh, anger issues. <laughs> uh, they're still talking about the winter games in Beijing as if they're going to actually happen. There's no freaking way. The Western world, especially the United States, can show up in Beijing and give them that platform. But at least so far, it's going to. They're expected to open on January 23rd. It's the you know 2022 Winter Olympics, but it's right after the first of the year. So we're just a couple of months away. I have heard zero serious talk about a major boycott. It's, it's going it's forward. No way. Yes. I'll be shocked. Genocide? Forget it. Concentration camps? Don't worry about it. Slavery? Ho hum. The corporate interests say, let's go forward. Wow. Anyway, uh, the International Olympic Committee has revealed the first of its planned measures against COVID. Um, There won't be fans there. So another Olympics without fans in the stands. 
I don't think there's going to be half the teams there. But anyway, more on that later. Yeah, and keep in mind when your uh, woke corporate uh, fathers lecture you about, you know, the way America ought to be or, or, you know, white fragility or whatever, keep in mind they deal with communists who keep slaves and do so gladly. China is asshole. Sports closer to home, the Major League Baseball season is wrapping up with its final games and all the playoffs are shaking out and everything like that. The Milwaukee Brewers locked their division, so they're one of the best teams in baseball with a serious shot at winning the World Series, except for their top pitcher is no longer available as he got angry and punched a wall and now cannot play a game in the playoffs as the best player for the division-winning Milwaukee Brewers. Oh, Murgerd. Yep, he said he'd had a few drinks after the team's playoff clinching win on Sunday, then punched a wall with his pitching hand after becoming angry and frustrated for reasons he didn't specify. If my brother was here, he would say, it was a girl. We were, I remember we were walking through London. Uh, we were walking through London. I'm with my brother. We're in our cups. Everybody's in their cups. It's that time of night. It's the bar area. Anyway, this guy... Pun- Looking for a place called Lee Ho Fuchs. This guy punches the wall, and my brother just says, it was a girl. I guarantee it was over a girl. And so this pitcher, the fact that he didn't say anything, almost guaranteed it's over a girl. Punches a wall, breaks his hand, best pitcher on the team, not going to play one playoff game. That's got to be a contract violation or something, doesn't it? Oh, that's heartbreaking for the fans. Oh, Oh my God. And for him, he's got to feel pretty stupid. I would say so, yeah. Why Biden's not FDR? Coming up. Armstrong and Getty.